Hey, beautiful people, and thank you for listening to the Bang 2-3 podcast. If you find this funny, entertaining, or insightful, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or if you want to make my day, go show us some love on our Instagram page, because I love each and every single one of you. Thank you for listening. When I'm, if I'm doing a podcast or even like a call with a client or something, I'll get off and I'll be like, whew, I'm exhausted. Like, why am I exhausted? Because I was putting on this like front, but... I didn't, I didn't mean to put on a front. It's only afterwards that I was like, why did I sound like that, you know? So I don't know, it's like a, uh, like, it's like being on stage or something and like you frame yeah. it the same way. Okay, this is, this is a great point. I'm so glad you said what you said because it's true. I don't, hmm, I don't, I don't know how to approach it, but you're right. People... Maybe it's social media, maybe it's, but people seem to be so scared of judgment that they lose who they really are for a moment, right? So whenever people have friends, maybe like two or three good friends know who that person really is, like really is, like their deepest, darkest secrets. But to everybody else, it's this front. And I just think that's such bullshit because, man, listen, I am such a piece of shit. (laughs) I am like a terrible person. Uh, I have flaws everywhere and I'm okay putting them on display. And I just thought that kind of everybody's like this, but it's not true. Everybody is terrified to say the wrong thing. Everybody seems to be terrified to do the wrong thing or to get called out. And man, that just makes me so sad. Yeah, I think... I mean, I think it goes, well, not, not to get too evolutionary on it, but I think it comes back to Let's like when, it. We were, when we were in like tribes or whatever and uh, moving around and like if you, if you were weird or different or you, like if people judged you the wrong way, you got excommunicated and you died on your own out, out in nature. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's why I always justify my, my fear of judgment. <laughs> no, no it, I think you're bang on. Listen, I won't, listen. You could tell me the earth is flat and I am a lizard and I would be like, tell me more, please. I'm not judging you at all. I think that that's, that is a fantastic theory. That's a fantastic theory because for example, they freaking crucified Jesus, (laughs) right? So he was by all accounts, a a good guy, like whether you believe he was a son of Christ or any of this other stuff, but he was a good guy, but he was different. He was so different. And guess what? He, he died in like the most disgusting way possible. And we still do this till this day. Um, for example, let's say that you have on the wrong shirt or something like that. Right. And I'll call you. I'll be like, Maria, I cannot believe you have on that shirt. Don't you know that child slaves made that in, in Indonesia? You're a piece of shit. Right. And then this will like spark a whole thing. Oh, boy. Everybody's piling on you. And now... You've gotten exactly like you said, you got excommunicated from the tribe, right? You've, you're an yeah. outcast now. And so, so now people have this guard up. So now it's like, okay, let me, okay, there's no brand showing on my shirt. Okay, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't want to say the wrong thing or anything like that. It's just, it's just sad because I enjoy whenever people are themselves, the good and the bad. Like, yeah. I like the bad part of people. I like, um, for example, I love talking to people who went to jail for heinous crimes. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. Like I was talking to this dude once this was not on a podcast and he had this look and he said, I just got out of jail today. I'm man. I was like, Holy oh. shit. I talked to this guy for like two hours. He told me the whole story. He thought it was an accident, but I would never judge that guy for that. You know, I would never, because I, I don't know what he went through in life. I tell you another one, uh, this guy, oh boy. Now this, this one's dark. Okay. Maria, will you judge me? I won't, I'll try not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I hate all people named Maria. I'm just joking. <laughs> but this, this guy, he molested children. Um, and that's disgusting. That's, that's so fucked up. Uh, but he was telling me his life story. His mother forced him to perform oral sex on her when he was eight years old. Oof, what the fuck? When he was eight. 
Now, am I saying that, oh, here's your, here you go. Here's your pass to molest children. No, absolutely not. That's fucked up. But what I am saying is I have no clue what that would do to me or any other person. If your mother made you perform oral sex on her when you are eight years old, that's got to fuck people up, like in the most heinous way. So I'm not saying what he did was fucked up, man. It's it's the worst thing ever. You know, honestly, if they put him to death, I probably should. But. Man, that dude lived a life that I can't even imagine. Like that's yeah. so crazy, dude. That. But then, like, I what always like what that does. What that always like stands out to me is like, so you know how horrible it is to have that happen to you, but then you still do it to someone else. Like that just doesn't calculate in my brain. Like when I'm trying to like, I don't know, call it judging, trying to call it trying to understand whatever it is. Like when I'm thinking about it, I'm like you know what that did to you. You're living proof of what that does to someone, but you still were willing to do that to someone else. And that's not just in like serious things, like like very, very serious things like that. Like even, I don't know, if in school someone robs your pencil and then you rob someone else's pencil, like, you, you know, it's just like, it doesn't make sense to me how people yeah. like can do things to other people that hurt them so much. This is a great point. And logically, that makes the most sense possible, right? I'm sure... If this guy, if you're like, hey, bro, did you like when your mom did that to you? Did you like when she did that to you? you, What he was saying was that she communicated. She made him feel like, oh, do you love me? If you love me, this is what you'll do to me as your mother. And that's crazy. Oh, my gosh. So so now that you're a man, right, you're a grown man, you should be able to think like, hey, that was so fucked up. I'd never want to do that to anybody else. But if we flip it back to what we were just talking about, right, the the tribal thing, right? So... I see a wife beater on the internet and I type him a big old nasty message. You're a piece of shit. And then I hit send and then I go beat my wife. <laughs> like this is, I, I don't understand why stuff like that doesn't click sometimes. I don't understand, man, but I wish it did. Cause I feel like the world would be better. Yeah. It's like, what is it called? Like cognitive, cognitive dissonance. I think. Hmm. When you like what is hate that? something, I think it's, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's when you like, you say one thing and do the other, basically, basically what everyone does all the time ever in our entire society. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, uh, it's like, this is why politicians get elected. They are like the most cognitive dissident people. It's like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to cut all taxes and then they turn around, they sign the thing to raise the taxes, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I know it's, man, humans are crazy, weird, fucked up things. And I just wish if we just didn't judge until we walked a mile in those shoes, um, I just think everything would be better. But I know I'm asking for like, you know, I'm asking for a miracle or whatever. I just know that I try not to judge people um, and it's hard, especially whenever like people hurt you. So, you know, I was made fun of in school. I'm sure you were. And that's one of the hardest things. Were you bullied in school? Um, like a little bit for like maybe like a year or so, yeah. Were you popular? Were you a cool kid? Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if we really would have had that in schools in Ireland, but if we did, I, I probably wasn't. No. <laughs> okay, so, so you were raised in, in Ireland and yeah could you explain to me how what was school like you didn't have like cool kids and and dorks um like no like I mean there was definitely people in the year who were like pretty cool and you know the confident people or whatever like but there wasn't like oh this is a group of like the cool people and this is like the popular people like we would see that on tv but I don't know like there was a lot of people were kind of friends like people were there was a lot of like I mean, there was definitely like friend groups, but like there was no kind of animosity between groups and different people would be friends. Like you just had your friends. Like, I don't mean there was necessarily like a click. Um, Yeah, but I think everyone just just kind of got on with it and got on and like you might play like a sport with one group of people and then you might like, I don't know, do like drama or a play with another group of people like. 
Yeah, it, it was like nothing like that, like high school musical kind of thing that you do see on the TV for America or the US. You want to know a, a, a little sneaky thing about me? I was in the play High School Musical. <laughs> I played, I was Troy Bolton in High School Musical. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, in high school, I played Troy Bolton in High School Musical, even though I cannot sing at all. But, um, oh, no. yes. so yeah, it was. Uh, it was so much fun, um, but kind of a disaster. Uh, so, so okay, so you just kind of had friend groups. So could you, were you confident in high school to go up to almost any group of people and chit-chat with them about anything? Um, well, I wouldn't say about anything, but yeah, like there, there was no one that I wouldn't have, like, I don't know, if I needed to talk to them for whatever reason or if we were like waiting outside a classroom or... Whatever, yeah, you just talk to whoever was there. I I talk to anyone. I would talk to the the door if there was no one to talk to. Like, but yeah, if if there was someone there, because you'd be all mixed up in different classes together. So you just talk to whoever you end up sitting beside, or you know, if I bumped into them at the bus stop or something, anyone from my year. Like actually, after school, there was there was very few people in my year who I never talked to, but there was there was someone who I'd maybe said like two words to the whole time we were in school. For no reason other than we just never really like cross paths and then we actually I was living in Berlin and he was on holidays in Berlin and we just bumped into each other in this park in Berlin um so like we probably had our first conversation ever like two years after high school like we call it secondary school but like two years after high school like in Berlin in this park had a few beers like it was just it was funny but yeah so I think even the people I didn't talk to, there was no reason not to. It was just that there was 140 other people and we just never crossed paths, yeah. Well, I, I know this is a hard question, but why do you think it's like that in Ireland? It seems amazing. It seems like this is how it should be. Is that, is it like, is it not like, sorry, I'll start that again. What you see on TV, is that actually what like US schools are like? Like that popular kids and nerds yeah. and all that? Yeah, everybody's getting shot over here. <laughs> No, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, no, totally, totally. Like oh. kids, it it totally kids are getting made fun of constantly, all the time in uh, in all levels of high school. So, uh, or or school just in general, not even high school. Younger kids. Um, so I went to a school. I'm in the deep south of the United States. Um, you could probably tell I have an accent. Um, and so I went to school with. 99% black people. Um, and so I was in the minority, literally. And these black folks were ruthless and creative in the way they would make fun of you. I mean, it was ruthless. Anything. They used to make fun of my shoes all the time because I couldn't afford the expensive shoes. They would make fun of my book sack because I didn't have a, an expensive book sack. Um, they would make fun of my pimples. I had pimples just like everybody else. They would make fun of my haircuts. Uh, they would make fun of me because I was white. I was just different. They would make yeah. fun of me about the way I talk. I mean, everything. And I, it was never personal. It was, it was just like, like they were kind of just making fun of me because A, that was really fun for them to like, you know, it was kind of like a game, kind of like a sport. And B, it made them look really cool. So like if I'm a guy and I can make fun of somebody else, hey, the girls may like me, right? Because yeah, look at me, like I'm the cool guy. Like, yeah, shut up, Chris. You're ugly, bruh. Like you can't beat me in basketball, man. Shut your face. And so now like the girls may say, oh, wow, wow, like he's cool. But it's totally like that. It's so clicky. Um, and by like, you know, it's not common for people to cross that friend group. The jocks don't talk to the nerds. Um, it's very clicky. It's very bully forward. It, lots of what people would call bullying. And so it's totally like that. So to hear this from you is such a breath of fresh air. And you, you have no clue why it's like that. That's just how it's yeah. for you. Well, like, I mean, like, there's every school has an anti-bullying policy so you know if there is bullying it will be shut down parents would be called in like there'd be a big thing about it like there was definitely like incidents in school of bullying and they'd have like a big meeting or like whoever was involved would be taken in like you'd be punished you know if if you were like I mean I don't think I was a bully but um you know you're like 
I, I, I know I never intentionally bullied anyone, but you never know what you might say that might hurt someone's feelings. But no, I'm pretty sure I didn't bully anyone. I was never involved in any like investigation. But like if you were, you would, you'd be punished. Like it just, it didn't go down well. And like the teachers would just not accept it. Like other students wouldn't accept it really. Like, I mean, some people like, I guess more kind of like confident people could probably get away with being meaner to people because um, people are scared of them or people who are a bit more sharp-witted but like a lot of like a lot of people if you if someone says something mean to you you'll probably just say something mean back and it's a bit more like a bit of a laugh or something I don't know like it's just not the culture I guess like it's just not the culture to tear people down like the culture is much more to be friends with everyone you can be friends with and I think that C word is it, the culture, because we definitely have this culture, at least in schools in America, of making fun of people. And, you know, now the kids are shooting up schools like this is definitely a problem. Um, so just walk me through this. So let's say we're in school together and I bully you. I say, hey, Maria, shut up. Four eyes. What What happens? I'm sorry. I, I don't. I'm not trying to be mean to you on purpose, but I just hypothetically shut up. Four eyes. What What would happen? Probably to me, I was really shy in secondary school or in high school, so I probably wouldn't have had a very good comeback very quickly. Um, but I, I would have just told you to fuck off or something like. But I mean, you know, if it was like, say, you kept doing that every single day, like I would imagine that someone else would be like, "Why do you keep doing that to her? Do you fancy her or something?" And then yeah. it, that would be it. Like. You know, or like, even like the person that give me myself might be like, "What? What is your deal? Like, does that make you feel good about yourself?" And then you're just like, "Oh, like, there's not really much you can say back when someone's like, why are you doing that?' Like, I don't know. And like, I, maybe now I'm putting like a veil, a veil of like being 29 on it, because obviously I wasn't 29 when I was in school. I didn't have the wisdom I have now. But I just, yeah, I feel like that's what would have happened. Like. And especially now, like, my, my cousins are in high school now. And, like, it just... Like, people say mean things, but, other, like, it just doesn't go down. Like, people, it's, it's just not a cool thing to do. Okay, that, that's great. And I think that is how it has to be. Because, hypothetically, here in, in the United States, uh, we don't allow bullying either. Like, this is not a thing that the teachers or whatever allow. But here's what happens. So let's say you bully me. You say, shut up fat boy you call me fat <laughs> and and I go to the teacher right and then the teacher gets parents involved or whatever now I'm labeled right I'm labeled I'm a snitch right I went tell mm. on you so I'm weak right and so now everybody piles on me but like, yeah Chris you know everybody's calling me fat boy now because they know it gets to me they know that it bothers me and so even if the parents get involved and let's say hypothetically your parents get involved and say Hey, Maria, stop calling Chris a fat boy, right? You're going to come to me the next day and say, I can't believe you went to the teacher. What are you, stupid and fat? You're weak. Oh, my gosh. You're so soft. Like, you can never get a girlfriend, Chris, fat boy. That's what happens here. But what you're saying is how it should be. It should be in the culture. It should, what should happen whenever you call me fat boy is someone else should say, hey, why are you making fun of Chris? Why, why are you doing that? Maybe he has a problem. Maybe he has a medical issue. Maybe he's trying to lose weight. Why don't you shut up, Maria? That's how it should be. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just not over here, man. Yeah. But like even like um, teachers can see what's going on, though, even if they're not, if it's not happening. Like if you don't tell them, like the teachers can still see what's going on. Like so there's obviously like a bit of a blind eye turn to it as well over there. Right. Yeah. To totally yeah totally man it's man i this is honestly the most fascinating thing i've heard in like weeks really <laughs> i thought that i I'm, I'm so serious maria uh i thought that kids are just shitheads in general throughout the whole world in china ireland the united states kids are mean and you just have to deal with it uh but this seems to be a culture problem like you said here in the states and it should not be that way. It should not be that way. And I don't know what the fix is over here. I, I really don't. Um, but yeah, yeah, the teachers see it. Um, other, st other students see it. Everybody sees it. But I think, especially whenever it's the culture, 
people are scared to speak out against it when that's the norm, you know? Yeah. It's weird. I think, like, like I don't want to say, like, it was this, like, utopia where everyone was holding hands and skipping around singing Kumbaya. Like, it definitely wasn't. Like, there definitely was conflict and there was people being mean and there were tears and there was fights, but it just never felt like it was set in stone. It wasn't like, oh, well, you play... I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons, therefore this is your friend group, this is what you're going to do every day, and you're going to get bullied. Or you play a sport, so you're not going to get bullied, and you're going to bully people. Like, it just wasn't set in stone. Like, pe- like, human beings definitely have conflict, and kids definitely are mean. But it just, yeah, it just wasn't really tolerated to that extent. Um, and there's a lot, I guess there was a lot more opportunities to, to be yourself. Definitely in my school, like, I don't know what other schools are like, but I met people who went to other schools and I feel like people just kind of got to be themselves. Like, it wasn't like you were, again, like, I just used it, say, you play Dungeons and Dragons. It wasn't like, okay, because you play Dungeons and Dragons, therefore you cannot play football. It's like, yeah, you know, like, I, I was in play, every time there was a play or a musical on, like, I was in that, but I played field hockey, but I did like I don't know I'm trying to think like I did pretty well in my exams like you know it was like I could do all of those things and none of them define me as a person they just were things that I did or like part of my story kind of yeah yeah I I think that's that happens here too where people cross those lines but I just think here everything is fair game to be destroyed like anything the way you look people would just drag you down and um, that's that's sad. So you you've traveled. I, I do have a to lot. say, sorry, that would happen okay. at home too. Everything is fair great game for slagging in Ireland, like everything. But usually, people have the kind of intuition to realize when it's like getting to you to a certain degree that they will stop. You know, like people will slag you, and especially like like you say, if you have a pimple, like people will probably slag it. They'll probably give it a name. They'll probably like ask how your pimple's <laughs> doing today. But if it gets to a stage where you're not laughing back, you're not like, you're not giving a funny response, you're actually getting upset by it. That's usually when people know to stop. So like, and, and then like it so, could be that's so mature. <laughs> yeah, I guess because we, like, it is very like to go back to the culture thing. It is part of our culture to slag or to make fun of everyone all the time. But it is always in in jest, I guess. Like it's so when you've been doing that from a young age and people will be slagging you and making fun of you from a young age. I mean, like, you're, I don't know, like, my parents didn't make fun of me, really, but, like, people's parents would be making fun of each other, of, like, the kids, and, like, it would, it would always be in, like, an inclusive, like, playful way. So you're kind of used to it, I guess. So you kind of learn to have that intuition then to know when it's, like, really bothering someone or it's just a bit of fun. And, and that's a good distinguish, like, uh, differentiation, too. Because, for example, I have tons of friends. Uh, actually, I don't. Uh, but... <laughs> But all all of the friends that I have, we make fun of each other all the time, right? We're guys, you know, hey. But it's it's clearly in good fun. It's clearly like just poking fun. Uh, for example, I'll make fun of my cousin, be like, hey, you, you gained a couple pounds, you know. Uh, what is your job stressing you out or something like that? But it's it's completely in, in lighthearted. Um, but you know as a person, whenever someone is making fun of your pimple, for example, if – you feel depressed or you feel like, oh, he's just having a laugh. You know, it's, there's a clear distinguishment there. Yeah. What did you get made fun of for? Um, so what did I get made fun of? So I didn't really get, like, in a, like, playful way, what would I have got made fun of? Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I know, like, like, you were asking earlier if I ever got bullied. Like, I know when I got bullied, this was when I was much younger. Um, so a lot of schools in Ireland have uniforms, but... I moved to a school that didn't have a uniform, um, but it was like halfway through prim- like primary school. That's what we call like elementary school. It was halfway through um, and I got on like really well with everyone. I loved clothes. So I used to always like dress as nice as I could and I'd always accessorize and stuff. But I also I was like 10. So like most other girls didn't really do that at 10. Like they were wearing just like tracks of bottoms and stuff. And so I started getting called a hooker. Um, and then in the same breath, nearly, I was also getting made fun of because I hadn't kissed a boy yet. <laughs> so, like, that was, like, the main, like, bullying, um, which in hindsight, like, I do that for bullying now, but I'm like, actually, at the time, it really bothered me. But, um, 
because it, it just bothered me because I was like, that doesn't make sense. But I just wasn't articulate enough to explain why it didn't make sense. Um, then like in general, I do get slagged. I get slagged for being like uptight a little bit sometimes. But then people also like appreciate my, my organization and stuff. So I don't get slagged too much about that. <laughs> hey, can, can I ask you about that? Because I, I have a sister-in-law who's currently in high school here in the States. And she or not she, but she tells me about how people or girls get made fun of all the time for being virgins. And it's kind of like what you were saying, like, oh, you didn't kiss a boy yet or whatever. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, in what world is it bad that you're a virgin in freaking high school? To That's me, I think so this is weird. great. I thought we like, were past it, that. Is, <laughs> did that happen to you in high school? As a girl? No, but like, I mean, like there was, I guess, like pressure, not pressure, but like people would be kind of like, oh, what have you done? Like, what, what have you done? Like there'd be like that kind of thing. And it would just, it would nearly like seem cool if you found out that like someone had had sex or something. But at the same time, like I thought the whole concept of virginity was like gone because we realized it was like a sexist term. Like I, 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 I just, I just didn't think the next generation still had virginity as a concept. Like that's, I don't know. I'm surprised by that. I I was so surprised because there, I don't know. There, there's just completely different worlds. It's like some people nowadays, they'll view a woman having lots of sex as being bad. But now we also view a woman as having no sex as being bad. So is there like, is there like a happy minimum? Is it like your age divided by two plus three? Like, oh, that's the number you have to hit. And then we'll stop making fun of you. I was just I think so, you need to just like, man. Take out like the qualifying factor. The, they'll say a woman blank for being is bad. Just take out the whatever the blank is and a woman is bad. That's, that's kind of yeah. where we stand. Or, or is it just like everybody's bad? Because I know in high school... It was the same thing. It's like, oh, you know, it was people, people would come like friends would or guys would come up to me and be like, Chris, who you fucking? Who you fucking? You, you ain't fucking no one. And that, that's how we talked. You know, like, yeah, bro, whatever. Chris, you a virgin, man. You get no pussy. You know, you suck, bro. You suck, bro. You ugly as shit, Chris. You can't even go talk to that girl. Go talk to that girl. Tell me where she at. Who you fucked last night? Well, you know, all of this. And I'm like. Damn, and so I always kind of knew that this went on with guys because it's like this macho thing or whatever, you know, how many girls you pulling or whatever. But I didn't know that girls partake in this hideous type of culture BS stuff too, man. It hurt my heart when I heard that. It hurt so much. Yeah, like, I just, yeah, I, I just, I'm still just like shocked that that is still part of like, what people, I, people just find anything to slag against, I guess. And it's just like, or sorry, I say slag. It's like what we call making fun in Ireland. Um, but like people find it. anything Keep saying to, it, please. <laughs> um, like people will find anything to slag people about. And like, I guess it's like something like that. It's like the lowest common denominator, isn't it? Like, it's like, I mean, if you're going to make fun of someone, at least do it well, at least be funny, at least be smart, at least say some bring something new to the conversation like it's just yeah it's really is the lowest common denominator yeah man yeah that's it it, it sucks so so you host a travel podcast which i've listened to is great everyone should listen to it it's called recipe to the road is that right bam that's it awesome so recipe yes, to the road yeah, everyone, I do, everyone listen that to is it. it you uh so you've traveled everywhere um what now that you've been able to travel, what is unique about where you grew up, which is Ireland, I'm guessing? Um, sorry, can you repeat that? You just cut out for one second. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you've, you've been able to travel everywhere, right? So you have perspective on like all kind of cool places and how places are different. So now that you've like experienced a bunch of different cultures, what is unique about growing up in Ireland? Like what unique perspective you have because you were raised in Ireland? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, like, I actually, something that's on the tip of my mind just today, or because I was talking to someone about it yesterday, is that, like, it's like the concept of, like, privilege is, is just on my mind a lot. Like, traveling, because, like, you go to a country that on paper is technically, like, a third world country, which I 
like my concept of what a third world country was is just so different. Like I didn't think you just get off the plane and you'd get on like a really nice coach and then you get dropped to like a hostel like that's nicer than any of the hostels in Europe that I've stayed in and then like you go to just like all the normal shops and like even like everywhere in Central America just has all the chain stores from like the US and Canada which I don't know I just I didn't think chain stores would be that big I, I don't know sorry I'm, I'm kind of clutching at a lot of different things here so I'm going to go back to what I was originally saying um is that the, the concept of privilege is that like there's some things that I thought were a very privileged thing that aren't, that are just everywhere. Um, like, I don't know, like, say good roads. Like, like in Ireland, like, we, we've, yeah. we're famous for, like, how bad our roads are. Like, well, famous amongst ourselves anyway. Like, especially once you get out of Dublin or the cities. Um, like, our roads are, like, narrow. Like, you always hear from, like, Americans or... I'm not, I haven't heard it from Canadians so much, but usually like Americans that come to Ireland and rent a car and they'll rent these big like SUVs and then there's like, they don't understand how to use like a one lane. So a lot of our like country roads, like it's just one lane. So you have to pull into a gateway to let someone pass. Sorry, not a lot of our roads, but like the more rural roads. Um, you have to, if a car is coming opposite you, you'll have to pull in and let them pass or they'll pull in and let you pass, that kind of thing. Um, so I just kind of thought that like, given that Ireland is technically a first world country, that anywhere that's not a first world country would have worse roads than that. And it doesn't. Like, we were in Mexico, which is apparently a technically a third world country. Like, the roads are amazing there. They've, like, this public transport network all over the south, like Mexico City south. And then they've, they've more networks in the north too, but I just didn't go up there. I just know this one particular company I'm thinking of does the south. And you can get, like, anywhere on these luxurious buses, on these lovely roads. Like, maybe it'll be a bit windy, but that's because it's, like, into the mountains. Like, and there's no other way of doing it. Like, so that's something that, like, I thought was, like, I thought, yeah. I don't know, my whole concept of privilege has just been thrown on its head. Because then you see things like, like, the sense of community. Like, which I think is quite good in Ireland, but is maybe we're maybe losing it as the country gets sort of richer and more developed and we've more corporations and stuff but then like I think that's a huge privilege and you see the levels that community can be in like again in Mexico so like I'm in Guatemala now I've been in Honduras Mexico and Belize and like you see the type of communities that these places have like it's, I don't want to say especially Mexico but it's because I spent the most time there but like in Mexico like you have stray dogs in a town but like none of them are skinny none of them are like angry or upset like some of them will even be neutered because there's just like people just like I guess organizations or people help them like most restaurants will have like at least a water bowl out for the dogs some of them will have food or they'll put scraps out like it's just that kind of like it takes a village mentality and then like with that same kind of thing like they like the places that most towns are so safe like there'll just be like a five-year-old kid pop into the shop to buy milk and they'll be chatting to the person behind the till as if it's like an old buddy of theirs, even though they're like five years old. And then they'll just stroll off home and they'll be saying hi to people. And like, they're just like a valued member of the community as a five-year-old. And everyone knows, maybe everyone doesn't know everyone even, but like most people are just good people and they're not out to do anything wrong. And it's just like amazing seeing that kind of community. Um, so I think that's like a huge... I, it was so interesting what you said about how some of these third world countries have great community because I've seen that as well. So I, I was raised, I, I have not traveled to third world countries, so I'm, I'm not talking about that. But I was raised in a very poor area of the United States and we had incredible communities. I mean, incredible. We knew everybody. We knew the bus driver, the bus driver's uh, kids. We had people who would like sell, who would uh, do a shopping cart up and down our street and sell us like popcorn. We just, we knew everybody. We knew our neighbors, everyone on the street we knew. And it was just very tight knit. Um, people were very easy to like invite me over to their house, all of this stuff. Um, but as I started to make more money and get to know people who are richer, I guess, they like to keep you out of their business. <laughs> they, I find that people who have more money are more standoffish 
Um, yeah. Do you do you know why that is, or do you have any insight into that? Oh, I yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess so you, you definitely see that in Ireland as well. Like, when there's areas that will be maybe more disadvantaged, there's definitely more community, and it's yeah. But I guess like when when you're in a disadvantaged area, you're in not in a, as well on as well off a position. You need people more, like. If, like, if your mom wanted to go shopping and she didn't have the money to pay for a babysitter or she, and she just, I don't know, whatever, like, if you're in, like, a community where, like, she's minded the neighbor's kids for a few days this week so she can throw you over to the neighbor's to get minded and just have an afternoon to herself, like, because you, and that's, like, a very, a very superficial example, but, you know, like, and especially as well if it's, like, I don't know, I suppose it comes back, go back to that evolutionary thing, like, the tribal thing, like, like the reason communities functioned was because people all had their role and they all knew where they were needed. Whereas like if you're rich and I'm thinking like proper, like man, you own a mansion type and you have staff kind of rich, like, but there's no need for you to build relationships because you can just pay someone to do anything that you need. And like, I'm not saying relationships are transactional, but I think like a, a big part of feeling fulfilled in a relationship is being needed. I don't know why you think about yeah. that. No, no I, I, I think that's true. And maybe you can call pretty much all relationships transactional to some extent um, because, yeah, you're right. Hey, I'm poor and I, I need, you know, my neighbor to watch my kids while I go to work. Now, I'm sure I don't wake up every morning thinking like, damn, you know, my neighbor's my babysitter. And without <laughs> that, then I wouldn't want to talk to her at all because whatever. But it, I'm guessing it's kind of like that, and I'm I'm thinking you're you're right that uh, whenever you get richer, you get more selfish, or or maybe oh here's a different one, a different way to look at it. Maybe the people who are narcissistic and antisocial and more selfish and self-looking, maybe those people are more likely to become wealthy. What do you think about that? <laughs> that is a good one. That's. I'm, like, I think I've actually had almost a more a similar conversation with my boyfriend before, where we not not in this same line of thought, but um, you know, when like there's like drivers and they drive really ignorantly on the road and they cut people off and stuff, and how it's so often well, I don't know in the US, but in Ireland it's so often someone in like a BMW or a, like a Mercedes or like an expensive yes, car. Yes. And I yes. always was like, oh, because they have an expensive car, they think they're better than everyone else and they can do that. But then he was like, or maybe because they think they're better than everyone else and they can do that is the reason why they got to the place where they can have an expensive car. So we actually like in a different like train of thought, but like a similar like came like pondered a similar conclusion. And yeah, I I think there, there might be something in that. Like, I think you do have to be selfish. No, you don't have to be selfish to do well in business, but I think it's easier to do well in business if you're selfish. Um, and it's easier yeah. to do well in your career and then probably, well, I was going to say in life, but I mean to financially do well. I don't mean like in other ways because I don't think you're doing well. I think if you're selfish and you've loads of money and no one trusts you and you don't trust anyone, I don't think that's a quality of life. But I mean, to do well financially, I think it is easier if you're selfish and you have no shame and you don't care about other people. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I don't know why, especially here in the States, we are brainwashed into this money thing that money is all that matters. So for example, it's like, it's very common. I'm guessing this happens other places in the world. It's very common for you to maybe meet someone new. I said, Hey Maria, here's John. And he talking to John and then I lean over to you. I'm like, Hey Maria, he's a lawyer. And it's like, Oh, Oh, he's a lawyer. It's like, oh, wow. He's a lawyer. <laughs> but if, if I were to say, Oh, Hey Maria, here's um, Susan. And then we're talking to Susan. I'm like, hey, Susan's a stay-at-home mother. You'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. And that's so fucked up because yeah. stay-at-home mother is like the ultimate job, like the ultimate job. Like I don't care if you're rich or poor. If you are a parent, like this is the, like, the most honorable job. You are sacrificing your own life and pouring your own soul into something else to help this child. It's beautiful. 
but yet that we just don't have that status attached to it. It's like, oh, hey, Maria, he drives a BMW. <gasps> oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> but if I'm like, hey, Maria, he he volunteers at the soup kitchen. You're like, okay. cares? That's so <laughs> fucked up, man. That's so fucked up. <laughs> Why do we think like up. this? It's fucked up. I don't up, know. Man. Like, I think definitely with the stay-at-home mom thing. Like, I think that is looked at. And, like, I never really put it together with money before. Like, I didn't know why it wasn't always respected. And I didn't realize that it was... I, I never put together this because it doesn't earn money. Like, I always saw it more from the perspective of it because, like, women's roles are kind of, like... Like, we're very... As a society, we're very in our masculine. And, like, we prioritize masculine traits and masculine roles as, like, important. Whereas, like, feminine roles... Are kind of like not really seen as important um but then in terms of yeah like I think like there's there's a mystique as well behind like rich people I think like it's just like yeah. and I, I know I'm not just talking about people that have money I'm talking about like I don't know when someone walks in and you just know that they have like had a silver spoon in their life the whole time like or like I guess like when you see celebrities on tv like you're just there is a mystique there because you're like they're just so different to like the normal person. Like they're it's like they're different to society nearly. Because I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't really know why. Like, and I I don't I don't know if it is as like big a thing. Like like it's definitely if someone I don't know. Just say for instance, I got a boyfriend and I brought him home to my parents and I was like, oh, he's a lawyer. Like they definitely would be more impressed. Then if I was like, he's, I don't know, like, I think they would anyways. I don't know. Like, I think it, it definitely is a thing in society, but I guess it's like, be, in that instance, it's because they want, they want to make sure that like, one, that I'm not going to have to support two people if we did end up getting married or two, that like, if something happened, you know, if something happened to me that I, it wouldn't, like, I'd have someone to help me and support me, you know, like if. I couldn't earn money yeah. for whatever reason. Um, but I think that's kind of why, like, parents, yeah, I don't really know in general why people see people who earn money as, like, better or if they always yeah, do. Yeah, so, so to make their case, and I would say this, the we're, we're all participating in games, right, whether we know it or not, right? For example, health is a game, right? Whether you take care of your health or not, you're participating in it, and it's going to drastically affect your life. Money is a game and it's the hardest, probably the hardest game in the world because everybody wants it so damn bad. And so whenever someone has a lot of money, AKA they're really good at this game of money, it shows a certain level of dedication, maybe a certain level of skill. I don't know. Maybe they just robbed the bank too. I don't know. <laughs> and so it's, it shows that, Hey, you know, they've won this game. That's really hard. Whereas, it's not so hard to get pregnant uh, for a lot of people. Uh, so maybe that's, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but it's damn hard to raise a kid. It's damn hard to raise a dog. <laughs> I don't have kids, but I have dogs. It's so hard. And so I guess maybe to steal man both sides. Uh, but just to get on, on you. So you travel full time, right? Yeah. Cool. Why? Why do you travel? Why not play like blackjack or soccer? <laughs> um, well, what, I guess like since I like my parents traveled before I was born, so they would have seen a lot of the world. Um, they, yeah, I would have grown up hearing their stories about travel. Um, so I've just always wanted to see the world. Like I know a lot of people who have traveled and stuff like it's, as I've been growing up, you'd always hear about someone who's gone traveling. It's, I think it's it's a it's a bit more common than in the U.S. for like Irish people to go off and do like a few years traveling, um, and it's definitely more common in like continental Europe. So like, as soon as you kind of like meet anyone from like, I feel like in the likes of like Germany and the Netherlands, like it's it's not a if you will go traveling, it's a when you will go traveling thing. Um, so we've kind of been around like people from different places in Europe. You just. It's kind of in your mind then to go um I'm just also just I'm just curious and I want to see different places and meet people and just learn about their different cultures and stuff it's I just find people fascinating um 
from the world fascinating like there's there's so much more than what you grew up with um like you can even go to a different part of Ireland and like Ireland's so small you can go to a different part of Ireland and people are so different I mean we're all the same but like within that like there's so much difference and like I love that so it's just amazing to see people from different parts of the world and how they live and yeah I guess because you're always learning like you're always learning new things you're always like growing yourself as a person and you're always like growing your ability to do things yeah I just I just love it <laughs> yeah when, whenever you talk to people or you tell them kind of about your travels or hey I went here I went there do you come do you think you sound pretentious or snooty um no I don't think so like I don't know um I think I was, like I, I'll read the room like so if I'm talking to someone and they've never had an opportunity to travel like they've literally had to get a job when they were you no know, like 13 years old to support their family and like you know then ended up having kids when they were 18 and just kind of like never had that opportunity like I'm not going to kind of be like oh when I went here and I did this or when I was doing this um also the way I've traveled like I've never I mean I did I my boyfriend and I went to an all-inclusive for Christmas as a treat like an all-inclusive resort but other than that like I've never done that kind of fancy thing like it's always like backpacking and staying in hostels and cheap Airbnbs and stuff like so there's not really and like even at that like I haven't done that much backpacking like it's just been like short trips because I haven't been able to afford it so like when I have traveled it's been like going places to work doing working holiday visas um here in Guatemala I'm working online and like on this trip I'm working online while I travel so like it's never like I mean I'm absolutely privileged to have traveled the way I did but it's never like exceptional privilege it's I mean like it is like because I grew up with parents that traveled so it was always in my mind and it was always something that I was able to do but like it's not like I'm like oh I saved up like 20 grand and traveled the world which if you if someone did that that's amazing like fair play to you but I, I just I always feel like I've like I'm like doing it on such a shoestring budget and like I don't know where my next income is coming from or I'm you know like working for 60 euro a week minding kids or something like that like so it's yeah I've never I haven't ever felt snooty talking about travel except when I talk about the all-inclusive that we went to because that was really fancy <laughs> like that was it was so weird like but <laughs> apart from that I I don't know Maybe I should, but I don't. <laughs> because people people do kind of associate um, that travel with, oh, you're rich, or oh, you have a lot of money. So whenever someone starts talking about, oh, yeah, I went to Mexico City, I went to Guatemala, I went to, you know, Ireland or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, you know, shut up. It's like, it's the equivalent of saying like, oh, do you want to take a ride in my BMW? You know, it's it, people, that's what people hear. Um, but it sounds like you try to travel cheaply. How do yeah. you travel on a budget? Yeah, well, firstly, I think um, I think that attitude isn't in really as much in Europe because, like, I mean, Ireland is so small. Like, we don't really get sun in Ireland. So, like, everyone goes to Spain or Portugal or France or something on their holidays every year. And, like, you know, back, in, back when I was a kid, like, you'd, a family holiday for four people to Spain was like probably like you get it for like a couple of hundred euro per person you know like so it's not like people like people from the US going to Guatemala or something like that's a big trip or I I don't actually don't know how far that is I suppose it depends where in the US you are but like like I mean my even my flight ticket home from here like is a lot of money and I have to stop in the US so like it's it's a lot of money to fly whereas like at home like you can fly to like if you have 30 euro, you can probably go on a weekend away, like pay for your flights with that for a weekend away, you know? So it's, I don't think there's that much of a, um, an attitude to it in Europe, from my experience anyway. Um, but then, sorry, to actually answer your question on um, how to travel cheaply, I guess my first, I was, I was just going to talk you through, I guess, the different ways that I've traveled then. Like my first experience traveling on my own, like I obviously, as I say, went on like family holidays and stuff. Um, but my first experience traveling on my own was going to work as an au pair in Spain. So I was minding kids. So I got paid 60 euro a week 
to mind kids like for about 30 hours a week um, and in exchange I got accommodation on my meals and stuff so like the idea is that you're kind of like a um like like a big sister big brother type thing you just like live with them you help out around the house a little bit for me it was like minded the kids and we used to actually sit down and do like little English lessons and stuff sometimes and <laughs> that kind of thing um so like that was a completely free way of traveling you know um I just well not free I had to pay for my flight tickets but as I said in Europe like I think my flight tickets were probably maybe like 50 euro from Ireland over to Spain at that time and if I had if I hadn't been picky about when I went I probably could have got them cheaper um then like I've done like working holiday visas so I worked in the US for a summer I worked in California I worked in in Canada for two years um there's like that kind of way, like you you do have to pay for the visa and stuff, especially for like the US, the, the visa process is very expensive. But then you get there and you're earning money. So you're kind of like sustaining yourself, like you just need the savings for the visa itself and like your first few weeks while you get set up. Um, and then within Europe, like I've always, um, if I've gone, wanted to work somewhere, like I could just work there because it's all the European Union. Um, in terms of like traveling then, like I'll always get the cheapest accommodation and I'll use like Hostel World or whatever. I'll put the filter on like cheapest to dearest and I'll like look at the cheapest hostel and see, if, check the reviews. And if it looks okay, I'm like, go with that. Um, at the moment, because we have to work online, like when I, I, like that's what we still do, but we always have to put the Wi-Fi in the kitchen filter on because we don't want to obviously eat in a restaurant every day of the week. We couldn't afford that. Um, so you might pay a little bit more for a hostel with a kitchen but or an Airbnb with a kitchen, but then you're not spending like, I don't know, you could spend what, like 30 euro a day on food if you didn't have a kitchen? Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else is like, I so, think plan. So you can, you oh, can sorry. go places, I, I and, and I'm sorry to cut you off. You can go places, I, I didn't know this, I, I'm an ignorant uh, American. You can go, like, for example, I can go, I can get a job in Spain and then tell Spain, hey, I have a job. Give me a visa while I visit. Is that how it works? No. Um, so you, so for me, because I'm from the European Union, I can go to Spain and ju you just like sign up basically and get like a social security number equivalent. Okay. I think it's called like a, a NIP, NIN, I can't remember. Anyways, um... But for you, you would have to get a visa. So you'd have to apply for the visa and then you then you would be able to go over and get a job. Or maybe while you're applying for the visa, you'd be able to like search for jobs and stuff. Um, so that would be how it would work like for you like, if you're like out of the European Union. Um, so that's like for me, like I went on to the Canadian, typed in like Canadian. The Canadian visa was the easiest process. Like I am still amazed at how like their website was just, so easy to follow like you just went on just like did it so easily to get the two-year working visa what you have to do what do you put in the website like your name um yeah it's just like asks your details so this was a couple of years ago now i can't remember just but yeah your details it probably asked for like work experience i can't really remember um you had to do a medical um for canada um no no you didn't actually sorry that's a lie you have to do a medical if you're getting permanent residence which is like the next step after the two-year visa which is a way more complicated process but to get there for the first two years is fine um yeah it's just like your basic info i think if you yeah you have to get like a police report to say that you don't have a criminal record or if you do to explain like what it's about um yeah it was it was very straightforward and they had a really handy infographic on the website that i was able to just follow along and Take all the boxes. Yo, Canadians are so friendly. That is awesome. Uh, what, what's the favorite place, your favorite place you've traveled to so far? Ooh, I always ask people this on my podcast, but I haven't, haven't asked it. myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God, where do I love? I absolutely love Berlin um, in Germany. It's amazing I haven't been there in a few years I don't know if my opinion has changed on it um because I do love the beach and I love being near the sea and stuff and like being near like nature but like Berlin is very like there's a lot of parks and stuff so yeah Berlin is definitely I always say my favorite place in the world um 
Then I really love some places in Mexico. Like, I really liked Puerto Escondido, which is on the west coast of Mexico. It's just like this. It's There's loads of different parts of it, but the part we stayed in is like, apparently only got like electricity not so long ago, or maybe it was Wi-Fi not so long ago. I can't remember. But they still have like sand roads. And like they, the people who live there, like they don't want it to get developed. Like, you know, it's, it's part of its charm. This isn't the whole town of Puerto Escondido. This is just the part we were in, La Punta. And it's it's just amazing. Like, after we were there for two weeks, and after two weeks, like, you just start to know people. Like, that can come back to that community thing. You'll just know people around. You'll know the dogs. Like, there was a dog. We called her Dudlet because we thought it was a boy at first. We called him Dudley and then found out it was a girl. So we called it Dudlet. And um, we met her, like, four times. And, like, in very different parts of the city, not even just in a small area, like, so, like, after, like, two or three weeks there, we even knew the dogs. Like, it was <laughs> it was just so nice. It was it's such a nice place to just chill out and kind of, like, have a base for for three weeks. It wasn't that long, but, yeah, really liked there as well. What, what do you do about the language barrier? Do you speak all these languages? Um, so, I don't. I just speak English. Well, I speak English and Irish, the Irish native language, but... I'm learning Spanish. Um, I learned Spanish when I lived in Spain as an au pair. Like, I went over there, no Spanish. Just about knew how to say hola. Um, so I did Spanish lessons then, but that was like 10 years ago. Um, so I thought that it would all come back to me when I stepped off the plane in Mexico a year ago, and it did not. Like, it was almost like I was learning the language again. It was. I was basically learning the language again. Um, so I've been learning, while I've been here, I've just been learning Spanish Um I find in Europe, like, a lot of people speak English, which is, like, it makes me feel bad that I don't know all the languages, but it's also very easy to communicate. I studied German in college as well, um, so I lived in Germany and I tried to speak German, but everyone just spoke English to me. Like, mm. in, in Berlin, like, funny enough, like, so I studied and did a, a study abroad year in like a kind of town in southwest Germany called Trier, which was amazing. It was a big student town. But there everyone spoke English to me. But in Berlin, which is like known as like an international city where there's like English speaking jobs and stuff and everything there, I actually found it easier to speak German because I think people are so sick, not so sick of it, but they're so used to speaking English all the time that when someone actually wants to speak German, they're like, this is great, like, we'll let you practice. <laughs> Whereas in Trier, it was like people, they, they weren't fatigued from speaking English because there wasn't as many English speakers there. So, yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think, honestly, English just, like, really does help. The only place I've been where I fully couldn't communicate with people was Morocco because um, they speak French and Arabic. I think it's a, even a dialect of Arabic. Um, but I was there with my dad and he speaks French. So that was kind of the, like, the biggest place I went that I was like, oh, oh, wow. This is the it was the first time I was kind of like a fish out of water sort of thing in terms of language. Yeah, that, that's cheating. So, okay, so you're, let's just say you're in a place that doesn't speak the language. Let's, hypothetically, you said Mexico and, and your Spanish kind of sucks. And you need to do, you need to get some groceries, how do you get groceries not speaking the language? They tell you, oh, your groceries are $10 or whatever, 10 euros or, or whatever, pesos. Like, how, how does that happen? Like, do you do like hand signals or is it, or am I overcomplicating the whole thing? <laughs> you would be amazed at how little the actual words we say come into communication. Like, mm. it's, yeah, like, so there's been times, there's been days when I just haven't, just my brain is just tired of trying to speak Spanish all the time. And I'm just like, I actually just can't understand what that person's saying. But it, it all just makes sense. Like, we've done all these things so many times. Like, you've bought groceries probably hundreds of times in your life. So you're not, like, there's nothing new. Like, it gets maybe a little bit more complicated if you're trying to do, like, a tour or something. And you're like, I want to go see this, like, this ravine or I want to go go to this thing like and you're trying to ask for information about that that's maybe a bit more because you can't predict what they're going to say but at the same time even in that like you still I, I don't even know what it is but I think I guess it's like body language you have hand signals um 
and like Mexico again like they they will always if it's any tourist activity they will usually have something a printout in English even if the person selling the tickets doesn't speak English they'll have a printout in English just with the information usually now there, we did go to some places where they didn't but by the time we got to there we had so, sort of enough Spanish to get by but like I always like we always like joke my boyfriend like he doesn't he doesn't talk good we always say he just um he like mumbles and especially yeah. like if he's tired or something like I just don't I can't understand him but I just know at this stage like what he's saying and then we joke that like he's he gets on so well here because he's so used to not being understood and he's so used to like just like going through um like these communications and these back and forths without using I mean he does use words he thinks he's using words but like you know we, <laughs> but like, he's used to not being understood he actually gets on really well speaking to people here and like, yeah, so I think it just goes to show. I, I suppose it's like if you met, like, a deaf person and they and you don't speak yeah. sign language, like, you'll still communicate. You'll still get a, the message across kind of thing. Like, it, it's sort of, well, it's not like that because obviously you can speak, but um, or obviously you can hear them or they can hear you. Third attempt. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I think there's just a lot more to human communication than words. Yeah. So if since your boyfriend mumbles and he's not a good talker, what attracted you to him? Um, well, the funny thing is he's 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 actually he's very smooth. He's a very he's not a good talker, but he's he's very good with words. If that makes sense, yeah. I can't understand what he's saying, but when he does say things, he's good with words. But no, we um, I don't know. We just kind of like clicked straight away. It was it was weird. Like I hadn't had that before with anyone. Like we just got on so well straight away like it was like we'd known each other for a long time and we just were able to we worked together so we kind of did get to see each other like on a regular basis for a while um so yeah it was kind of I don't know I think it was just that like like I'm a big I'm a big energy person um yeah. and I'm sure there's someone listening now rolling their eyes but like I don't like if you talk to me if I talk to someone and then I walk away from them and you could say to me oh what color t-shirt was that person wearing I'd be like don't know like, but they made me feel like this and I got the impression that they had a bad day and I, that, you know, I will come away from an instruction with all this information about like that I perceived from them without actually like perceiving like what they were wearing, that kind of thing. So energy wise, I think we really just like clicked on a good level and I got a really good feeling about them. Uh, six That's years later. <laughs> six years. Yeah. Whoa. Congratulations. That's <laughs> Thank incredible. You. But, but you're right, man. People... People know how you make them feel. And, for example, they can say, uh, hey, Maria, why don't you like that guy? Like, I, I don't know. I just don't like him. You know, yeah. just whenever you walk away from that conversation, you're like, oh, I, I don't ever want to talk to that person again. It's so weird. I, I do this all the time uh, that you just the energy thing is a great way to put it because some people you walk away and it's like, I can't wait to see them again. And then other people, it's. Yeah, man. I hope I I hope I never get stuck in an elevator with that person. Yeah. <laughs> like some people charge you and some people train you. That's a great way to put it. That is yeah. so awesome. Um Maria, I think you are an incredible person with incredible glasses <laughs> and an incredible personality. Um and it's not your fault, but you have made me feel bad for not traveling enough. <laughs> I need to go travel. Yes, some more. go travel. <laughs> Your journeys, I live vicariously through you and your journeys. Where can people find you and learn more about you? Yeah, so if uh, people want to follow my podcasts and, or, and my travels, you can get me on Instagram at Recipe to the Road and also on TikTok, but I'm not as active there. Um, and then the podcast is called Recipe to the Road. So you can just search that on Apple, Spotify, whatever your preferred listening platform is. Um, if, yeah, I think that's kind of... We, we didn't really talk about my business. I was about to start going into my, my business website there. I was like, but we didn't talk about my business. <laughs> what is you? No, what is? No, please. I'm so sorry. I'm so rude. I, we are rude no. here in America. We do not give a shit. I'm just joking. What is your business? Is this, this how you pay your bills, right? That, that, was, that was not me trying to, trying to pitch, but okay. <laughs> um, so no, I'm let's a podcast. Pitch. Let's pitch because I'm catching. I'm a podcast manager. So I produce and manage podcasts for people um, and like businesses and stuff. So, yeah, I do that online remotely for um, 
the idea is to help people get their voice out there, get their, well, as you know, the benefits of podcasting, get their voice out there, connect with their audience, help their brand if it's for a business. Um, and my company is called Creatively Contenting. So you can find that on uh, creativelycontenting.com. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And that, it, yo, it sucks. This is the fun part. Like I get to talk to you and, you know, we're going to hang out and all this cool stuff. But afterwards is the, is where, it, you know, you have to um, put it all together, make it sound somewhat decent. And it, it's really hard. So um, I will put all of that cool stuff in the show notes and anything else you want me to put, I'll put in there. Uh, Maria, thank you so much for coming on. You are awesome. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great chat. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, delighted for the opportunity.